Hello, everybody, and welcome to the Fantasy Scouts podcast, episode number 37. I am your host, Chad Workman, joined by fellow scout Sam Ehrman. Uh, Packed show again today. Really excited. If you guys follow my work at all, you know I've been a Javante Williams stan. He's the my favorite prospect in a long, long time, and he had a breakout game this week. So Sam and I are going to talk about that. Uh, we're going to go through our dynasty qb1 and really just the tier one of qbs because i mean it's jam-packed right now there's a lot of different guys in that first second tier range so gonna run through that and then we're gonna talk about some upcoming nfl free agents tell you who you should be buying and selling where they might be landing kind of give you an edge there ahead of the off season of free agency so um, we'll talk about all that as always. Remember to head on over to patreon.com backslash fantasy scouts, uh, putting out so much great content. I mean, it's, it's just, it's kind of incredible to me, uh, just to see what we're doing as a group. It's, it's really exciting and really the best value you can get for our Patreon. If you want to sample our content, head on over to ffballallday.com free content there. Uh, patreon.com backslash fantasy scouts that's where you get our subscription content so uh, with that sam let's get into the show into what is it sam week 14 is it already i feel like I yeah, we're zooming. it's like i'm like wait that can't be right but week 14 but um you know after all this time of sharing the backfield with melvin gordon we finally got to see javante williams in prime time no less uh be the feature back of the offense and I got to say it was it was a little rewarding for myself just because I have been so high on him kind of, you know, validated some of my beliefs. But if you've been paying close attention, it 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 was not a surprise because of just how efficient he's been on fewer touches. Of course, you never know how that's going to extrapolate over, uh, you know, more touches. But he has been really efficient this year on a kind of lower volume of touches than than we hoped. But I guess um just want to get your thoughts. I mean, how high are you ranking him now? What would it take? Like if you own him, what would it take for you to move him? I know I own him in a lot of leagues uh, just because I believe so highly in him. And at this point, I'm, I really don't want to move him in those leagues. But, you know, uh, would you be looking to sell high? Or I guess how high do you have him? And, and what'd you make of his performance? Well, I think you have to be really excited with the performance. Um, it was everything you wanted it to be as a Broncos fan and as like a fantasy fan. Um, you know, the kid profiled as a workhorse coming out, slipped to the second round. The Broncos traded up and they knew they got a good one. Um, he looked good. I mean, he checked every box. Um, and I tweeted out during the game. He is allergic to negative yardage. Like, he's good for at least, like, two or three yards on a bad carry. Um, I don't know how he manages, like, always staying positive yardage, but you have to be excited about that. Um, his first game without more um, Melvin Gordon, he had 80% of the snaps, 23 rushing attempts, nine targets, and six receptions for 76 yards. He cracked over 100 yards on the ground. He didn't find the end zone, but still put up 29 fantasy points. Um he did. He he's pretty good. A receiving touchdown. He didn't find the end zone rushing, but he's. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. You're right. Well, yep, you're right. Um, I've but still, right. I mean, over there, yeah. But the point is, it's a great fantasy day, great debut for a guy who's going to be a stud for a long time. Um, I saw a tweet and I retweeted it. Um. Because I thought it was not only interesting, but it like it shows like how good this kid is in space and creating space and making guys miss. Um, Jonathan Taylor leads the NFL in forced missed tackles. Javante Williams has five less forced missed tackles than Jonathan Taylor. Javante Williams has a hundred and one less carries than Jonathan Taylor. 
That's incredible. That's unbelievable. He's making like two or three guys miss on every play, and it's like all him. The only thing he's missing to be like, if he had 4.3 speed like JT, I mean, that wouldn't be fair. Right. I think you have to be excited. He has to be an RB1 for Dynasty. Um, I'm not so sure Melvin Gordon leaves. You know, I think everybody's so content. Oh, Melvin Gordon's going to be gone. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But Melvin Gordon's still a pretty good, viable veteran back. I wouldn't be surprised if he comes back for some sort of team deal to be like the backup to Javante. Um, but even then, I still think, um, you know, with the split where it's like 60 40 Javante, he'll still be an RB1. Um, I don't know how high. Um, we don't know long term if he's going to be like a heavy pass catching back. Like if he's catching four or five balls every game, top three. I mean, like that's where he's going to be. But it'll depend. Um, I think right now, like I say, comfortably like RB ten to twelve in dynasty. Yeah. So that's uh, that's interesting. You you bring that up with Melvin Gordon. I I don't think there's any way. I mean, you never say never, right? But I just don't see it because. Uh, for one, he's – I don't think he really want like, he wants to get another decent contract before he's done. And there's there's some spots out there, like, you know, if if Fournette leaves Tampa Bay, um, there's a spot there, you know, maybe Miami, maybe Atlanta. I mean, I just feel like there's a lot of teams that could use a running back and will be very interested in Melvin Gordon. So I don't think – he's going to want to come back and, and be a backup and, you know, take, take less money to do so. when I think he can get a pretty good deal elsewhere, but of course you never know. Um, I do think, you know, Javante Williams is one of the, one of the things I, Matt and I had talked a bit about when, you know, we first revealed that he was our RB one in, in the, in the rookie class was that, He's actually a really good pass catcher. He just kind of was overshadowed by Michael Carter, who was truly elite at North Carolina. So I think that's a big element of his game that people maybe didn't realize as much that they are realizing now. So I think he's, uh, you know, more than capable of catching passes. And he's a, he's a pretty good pass blocker, although curiously, he didn't grade out very well the other night in terms of Whoa. pass blocking, but... It's our. It's game one. You know, your first game starting in the NFL. There's so much thinking going on in that pass, bro. That he looked good, and I wouldn't look too much about it. You know, my biggest issue with Javante Williams is he wears number 33 and a basic robot um, visor or a face mask. Um, he's got to like add some juice to the. You, you know, know what I mean? Like, yeah, gotta add like a. You got to add something. He's so like plain on the field. He didn't have a visor on the other night, did he? Because no, he, he never does. He's so plain. Well, he, he wore one. With the... He wore one for a couple weeks because I was actually going to text you when I noticed it, and I, I guess I you know, like that's my. I've talked about this before. Like that's my biggest. Yeah. he looks so boring. Like yeah, he looks I noticed like, just like a Spawn Madden character, <laughs> no extras. That's very true. He did have a because I remember I was going to text you. I saw like a two or three week stretch where he was wearing a visor, and it yeah, it made me think of you. And I, I guess I forgot, that's funny. but. Um, back to the, it must not have worked out too well for him because he's back to, to that. But, um, I guess, so I had him as RB 13 entering the season, which, you know, you say like 10 to 12. Now that's pro I knew 13 was aggressive, but it was kind of one of those things where I wanted to be high enough to, uh, well, I was being honest about just like who I would rather have him then, but also, you know, sometimes you just gotta be a little ahead of, uh, you yeah, know, my 10 to 12 is a, a guesstimation. If you want to, we can go through, like, if you want to go together, like, uh, we can look at my dynasty rankings. They're a few months old. Um, but we can look and go through and be like, kind of slot them. Um, here's the hot topic of Twitter last week, and especially after the performance this week um, CMC or Javante? Like, who are you taking? CMC. Okay, Saquon or Javante? Uh, probably Saquon, but man, he's been. He's been okay. Um, he's starting to find his group. He looks all right. Um, he doesn't look special. Uh, it's maybe. just also hard to believe in that offense and just like team. Yeah. Stuff. Jake I mean, Fromm, 
Yeah, and, and that's a situation where, like, you probably take Saquon in value, but if I can get Javante plus, like, definitely. Yeah, like, take Saquon, turn around for Javante in a first, I'd be happy. For sure. Yeah. Um, JT, I assume JT. Yep. Um, Cook or Javante? Javante. Camara or Javante? Mm, Camara, but I would still probably try to get like Javante plus for him, but Camara in a vacuum. Um, Gibson? Uh, Javante. But I do love what I've seen Ooh, from Gibson. Even. I don't know if I agree with that one. And I say that, like, obviously, like, I probably know a little bit more about Washington than most folk. Um, but you have to be encouraged about what you've seen with the usage with Gibson lately. Obviously, J.D. being gone, you know, J.D.'s a great pass-catching back. You know, he's really great. I know fantasy people hate him. J.D.'s a really good football player. Um, you still have to be encouraged, even when J.D. was still there, what you're seeing with Gibson, you know, like that that – he didn't break out early in the season. I think people were frustrated, and I think you're starting to see the light start to click. For sure. He was somebody I mentioned as when we talked about uh, our favorite buys or risers or, you know, whatever we did. He was somebody I mentioned. I think people forgot, like, he was, pr- like, really raw as a running back coming in. I think people forget that. that like. Well, he didn't play. Like, the thing is, is people yeah. think, like, Gibson was drafted to be running back. Like, he was not, like – it wasn't he his first full practice at running back wasn't until after Darius got cut. Oh wow. Which I was didn't like mid August. Or I'm I don't remember it was sometime in August. I remember where I was, but I don't remember the day. Um and he switched over running back. Like he is still learning the position. Like people say, Oh, he was drafted as a running back. No, he was drafted as a weapon. Like he was drafted as what Curtis Samuel is supposed to be now. Curtis Samuel coming off an injury, you know, they're trying to get him back, like Antonio Gibson is a weapon. Yeah. Like he's just so good at space. And then when you know you have an opening behind, you know, center with you know, like your star running back is cut, you got an opening, you take it. And he's he's getting there. Like he's still learning. Like fantasy community needs to learn how to be patient with players as they develop. Yeah, especially a guy like that. I think the other thing is I hear a lot of comments like, Well, he was, you know, he played receiver, like he should be like a really good receiver out of the backfield and stuff, but isn't it different? Like, isn't it different? Like learning to it's, how to like run routes and catch passes. It, out yeah. There's a huge learning curve. Like the, the biggest thing with playing running back is everything, you know, and I'm currently, you know, like I've coached running backs, you know, and that's what I want to get back to is everything you do is, you know, you're, you're square to the sideline and then you, you're always turning, you're always turning your head back to the left or back to the right. You're never catching a ball like a receiver. It is right. always behind you and awkward, and the routes are different. The angles you come out differently, you know. Like, and even understanding, like, I was gr- I was very happy that the hard knock showed that JT um, Wentz conversation in practice where he ran a flat route, and Wentz was like, "No, that is too shallow. That's too narrow. Widen it out." Like that yeah. little nuance right there, where JT's like, "All right, yeah, I need to run that a little bit wider," and then sure enough, that play happened in the game where JT runs the route a little bit wider, and then he's open. Like, that stuff takes time. Like, that nuance of the game takes time. So, playing running back is more than just getting the ball and going. You know, like, right. I think people forget that. Like, and it, when to run a route, like to, to get a screen, you know, like, even to complete a screen pass as a running back, like, you have to make sure, you know, like, your lanes are clear and understanding, okay, well, you know, here's my hot, here's my hot, here's my footwork. You got to make sure your footwork's right, make sure you're in the right place. Oh, yeah, make sure you're not ahead of any offensive linemen while making sure they're not downfield, like, there's so much that goes on. So he's getting that passing work and he doesn't drop the football when he comes his way. So I don't understand why people are worried. Yeah, exactly. And I mean, learning that stuff on top of just an NFL playbook, the speed of the game, taking care of your body at this level, like so many things to adjust to there. So I'm with I you think, on Gibson, but well, I see still that, prefer. I, when people say the game slows down, it's not that the, the game has slowed down. It's that they have sped up. And I say that because when you get to the NFL or even college, like you get your first play and you go on the field, you are thinking so much. Okay, shit. Am I, okay, I got to be two yards off the hash. I'm three yards back. Okay, it's a 21 box. Okay, what's my footwork? Okay, I got to make sure I'm here at this time. So it's one, two, pup, arms up. Okay, I got to make sure I'm looking at my reads. You know, it's like, you know, you got to do this all stuff all at the same time. 
it's not just like get the ball and go to you know you know like as a coach you joke oh run where they ain't but that's like if something breaks down so right. to see the development we're seeing especially in the second half of the season i think you have to be more than encouraged and we got For really sure. off topic right there but we did but i think that's a good a good teaching moment from somebody who's coached running backs at a high level and also just I, I mean, Gibson is one of my biggest risers. I did have him a bit lower than most coming into the season, admittedly. And he's somebody I've I've bought into and, and tried to acquire uh, here in my kind of mini rebuilds. I think he's he's gaining a ton of value and he's going to be an RB1 next year, a mid to high end. But I think Javante is too. So I think those guys are close. Swift but, or Javante? Javante, because I think he's a better pure runner. Um, and then Henry or Javante. Uh, I mean, at this point, oof. At this point, probably Javante, just because Henry's getting closer just to that. The place. next, you know, the one I'm, the couple after that, are you know, obviously Najee. You had him before the season. Aaron Jones. I imagine you're taking Javante. Same with Chubb, Ceh. So, you know, as you get down the list, like. For me, it's just like, you know, sifting through like that first bunch that I, I struggle with. And you know, I could be wrong. Um, I love Javante. I just think if he's starting to creep towards, you know, I have a theory that once a guy reaches like consensus, like top three value, you should trade him because obviously the value will never be higher. Um, but I've never like, you know, it's so hard to tell like when somebody's values at the peak. Like you could have traded CMC after 2018 and oh yeah, peak. And then right. you miss out on all 2019. So it's or so hard Justin to say. Jefferson, like, yeah. Yeah, or you could sell like right now. Like it's it's very frustrating to be a CMC owner. But you gotta remember, like he's 26 and he's probably got a few he since he catches balls, right? He's got a few years left. Like he you know, these pass catching backs like Alvin Kamara, like I, I love how the Saints have used Kamara over the years. Yeah. Um, so like it'll you know keep his longevity better. Like I'm not so worried about like these pass catching backs, um, because they tend to have longer durability. Like guys like Todd Gurley who are like they don't catch passes, and once they like hit the wall, they have no value. Like, right? Yeah, they fall off very quickly. So, um. Yeah, guys like uh, Eckler, Camara. I think the scary one, and I think the one who will – Nick Chubb is a very interesting one to me because, yeah. obviously, I love the dude. You know, he's taught he taught me more than I ever taught him, um, and I just sat back and watched. Like, I didn't, you know, really do anything, but I learned. I he, I don't know when he stops, like, you know, being the five yards of rip guy, what will happen to his fantasy value because at some point, like, it'll have to change, you would think. But – Hopefully it's a couple years down the road. Yeah, hopefully. He's kind of my Javante before Javante. He was a prospect I really loved. Uh, I think what's also interesting is he's a capable pass catcher. He just isn't used that way. So I wonder if he will ever kind of transition more to not the strictly pass catching role, but more of a hybrid with a shared backfield or something. Um Well, but- I think that's why having him and Hunt is so valuable. Like they'll be able to, you know, keep the other one's career a little bit longer. Like having one guy spell another is always a great way to keep the other guy fresh. For sure. Definitely. I think the last thing I'll say on Javante is, you know, my favorite thing about him was his contact balance. And while you don't know like what's going to translate at the next level, especially when guys are bigger and faster and stronger and, you know, hit different. I, I, I thought his contact balance would transfer and a large reason is because frankly, tackling is sort of, I mean, in terms of form and everything is better at the college. Like those college guys have to tackle with better form. You see a lot of guys just hitting in the NFL. And I, I definitely envision Javante, you know, bouncing off of NFL players, but you never know how that stuff is going to translate. But I think um, seeing that kind of come through at the NFL level has been, has been great. I think that's, you know, his, his biggest area of strength. I think where he still needs improvement is maybe some vision um, stuff, but I mean, even that I think is, uh, is in a pretty good place. Right. All right. Let's um, talk about quarterbacks. The, one of the reasons I wanted to talk about quarterbacks is because there's just, 
there's a lot of guys in that, you know, kind of those top tiers when you look at, you know, Josh Allen, Kyler Murray, Lamar Jackson, Patrick Mahomes, but a lot of these guys haven't necessarily performed up to expectation. I mean, Lamar has not really played well, and I know he's been been battling some illnesses and, and whatnot. Josh Allen has had somewhat of an up and down, you know, season. And I know the other night was just the temperature and wind conditions. You can kind of throw that one away, but he's had some had some bust games. And obviously Mahomes hasn't really been quite the same this year, even though he's still, you know, posting a strong season. But I wanted to get your your thoughts and and just so the listeners know at fantasy scouts, we're kind of transitioning into doing more tiered rankings as opposed to just sheer rankings, because we feel that tiers are more valuable. Um, But of course people always want to know, you know, who's your QB one QB two. So I guess, Sam, who is your QB one overall and who do you have in that first tier and kind of, how do you separate those guys that are so close together? Uh, Well, I think my QB one still is Mahomes. Um, I didn't really change. I know he's had a bad year. Um, I just have belief and, you know, like the hope, you know, I guess. Maybe I'm naive, but they'll figure it out. There's too much talent. There's too much intelligence in that room not to bounce back. Um, and they're still winning games. Um, so I don't think they're too worried. Like, I know a lot of people ripped Jordan Love, like his first start, because he wasn't very good. Um, but that Chiefs defense since that game has only continued to stay pretty decent for the most part. Um, so I think like we need to give them some credit there, but Mahomes is still my one. Um, and then guys I have in the tier one with him, it'd be Murray, um, Josh Allen, Lamar Jackson, and Justin Herbert, um, and Joe Burrow. And I say that, um, with those guys, because I believe if you have any one of those guys, you could confidently build your dynasty team around them for the next 10 years. Um, and they, every single one of those guys offer you games where you're going to have 40, 50 points. I think every single one of them has had one of those games this year. Yeah, they're going to have bad games. Everybody has bad games. But I promise you, those are the five guys, or what is it, six guys that I've got, whatever it is, in my tier one. Um, guys that you, I think you can build around for 10 years – and have no worries. Patrick Mahomes, Kyler Murray, Josh Allen, Justin Herbert, and Joe Burrow. Oh, and Lamar Jackson. I keep forgetting Lamar. Um, and I know people say, like, oh, Burrow and Herbert don't really run. Um, that's fine. Herbert has been running as of late, and he doesn't get you negative yardage in running like Burrow will. Um, that's one reason in fantasy I still have him above um, Burrow. This is because Justin's much a much, a much better athlete, in my opinion. Um, better arm, too, and better hair, if you want to go there. Um, <laughs> That's important to note. But, well, yes, he has 250 rushing yards this season. So it's, Yeah, it's like in it, a couple touchdowns. It's not like he's a bad runner. Like, I think right. people say, like, oh, he's, you know, he's a statue, doesn't run. Like, no, this kid can run, and he will. And over the past month, he's figured it out. Like, oh, yeah, I'm pretty good, and I've got large strides. I'll take off and run. Um He's he's a QB. I think he's the. I think Justin Herbert right now is like the QB three on the year, but that's not the point. I think the point is that I have the tier one guys, guys confidently that give you the chance to get forty points one week and your starting quarterback spot for the next ten years. And that's kind of how I see it. I mean, that, those guys, I think confidently, you can build around for the next ten years. Am I yeah. wrong? No, I feel the same way. And my tier one is exactly the same, but I don't have Burrow in there. Um, I hesitated having Burrow in there first. Yeah. Um, I have worries about Burrow, but I think Burrow is so good. He's able to overcome them some like Andrew Luck did. Um, But that may affect his longevity. That's like my, that's my question with him. Yeah. And I think you also have to love, you know, the offense he's in with the pass catchers he's got there too, that, that kind of makes a difference. But I think, I think I prefer Dak over Burrow, but I mean, those guys are, those guys are strongly in my QB, QB two tier, but otherwise I'm with you on the, the other five in the top tier. Um, But I think I'm starting to shift more towards Kyler just because over Mahomes, even I'm saying, um, just because 
of that rushing yeah upside. I mean, Kyler is my just... concern with Kyler is his durability. And he's yeah. and he's shown in the past few years he's gonna get dinged. That's so you have fair. to have a backup plan. And I just if I have to have a backup plan for my QB one, I don't know if I can confidently say he's my dynasty QB one. That's like, fair. Like I you know, like Josh Allen, Justin Herbert, big dudes. Like those guys are oxes. They're gonna take their beatings and they're gonna, you know, get back up most of the time. Knock on wood, you know. But Kyler, you know, it's great. He's fun to watch. But I'm, you know, like people want to say Lamar Jackson's the guy who's gonna get hurt. Kyler's the one who's starting to get a little nicked up here and there. Um, he was out for a month with a foot injury or whatever it was. That was supposed to be day to day. Yeah, he's missed uh well, and I think they were somewhat cautious with that, but but that's yeah, that's fair. And you know, Colts playing well, games. you're winning games, so there's no wrong, there's no harm foul with that. But I'm saying, like, my concern with Kyler and the reason why I don't have him number one is simply just, you know, I have some questions about his durability and size. Um, he's fun to watch. He, I think he's Lamar Jackson running. He's he's a little bit worse runner of Lamar, but he's a much better thrower than Lamar. So that's where he balances out. Yeah. Um, and Justin Herbert, like I bet on Justin Herbert this year. Um, in my main league, I traded just or Dak Prescott two seconds for Justin Herbert, and I went all in on Justin. And I'm very happy with my investment. Like I, I didn't love Justin Herbert last year. He coming out of the draft, like. Um, I was I happy with Washington's decision to go chase it too, and I still feel confident in that, I guess. But it's like hard to see what Herbert has become. Right. I'm like, damn, like, yeah, maybe, you know, like if he was throwing to Terry McLaurin right now, where would we be? But I and didn't no. expect this out of Justin Herbert. I whiffed on Justin Herbert initially, and I saw his rookie year, and I was like, holy shit, I think this guy is special. I'm going to go get him. And right now, I'm happy. And I think that's what's so impressive is how quickly he did it. I mean, yeah, so many of these guys, so many of these guys are so raw coming in, right? And and I think that word was even kind of used with him. And he's just this big guy with a big arm and and everything like that. But he just did it. I mean, just so quick. As soon as he went in that game, when you know Tyrod had the 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 doctor sabotage him, but. Um, you know, Herbert went in there un, like not even prepared to be the starter and played pretty well and just never looked back. I mean, I think just kind of from that point forward, we knew he could be special. And, and he's he got a special hard. arm. I mean, yes. he really does. Um, you know, the thing I've learned about quarterbacks, you know, like over the past few years, and especially with Justin, like I think Justin's like my big wake-up call. Um, if you have, if, if you see all the good in the, on the tape – and they're really, 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 really smart, you should probably not pass up on him. Like, Tua, right. like, there was always the conversation of, like, oh, okay, like, he's not, like, the most intelligent guy. Justin Herbert was like, oh, yeah, this kid's a whiz. And I found, you know, the lowest, the, most of the quarterbacks in the NFL are just, you know, brainiacs. Like, that's how you stick around in so long is if, if you're really smart and you've got special talents, you're not going anywhere. Wait, do you and, remember what one of the knocks on him was? Too shy? Was, yeah, too shy. Not a leader. Yeah. His, and, and Well, his, Tom Telesco said it best. And I felt like he was taking a shot at us. And he didn't mean it. I don't think he meant a shot. But he said sometimes you can get hum, or you can get shyness confused with humble or being humble. Right. And he was talking about Justin Herbert. And I – that has lived in my head rent-free ever since because I think he's right. And Justin Herbert has it all, man. Um, I just think he's special. Well, and, and you know, I get I get where that those concerns stemmed from. You want your guy to come in and be vocal and be a leader, but it's, it's not always the same thing when you're yeah. in the huddle and practicing with your teammates. I mean, it's clear his teammates love him, which is – that's what matters, right? That he's connecting and and getting through to his teammates, which by all accounts he is. So Okay. You know. Um next question we I think we should bounce off this QB one tier is who are guys in the QB tier two um that could be a tier one guy? Like 
Trevor Lawrence, if he figures it out, probably could be a tier one guy. Um, right now he looks lost. Probably a lot of that's due to the coaching. Right. Um, Matt Stafford is a guy like he's clearly a top five QB um, for fantasy, but I don't know if you could build around him in the next 10 years. Like that's kind of where like the hesitation is like, he's a great, I mean, he is one of the best quarterbacks in the league, great offense and stuff, but I don't know if you can build around him. And like that, I don't want to put a guy in tier one that you can't build around. Yep. I agree with that. And he's what, 33 years old, I think. So well, not that- 33 yeah. is the new, uh, what, like 27 these days at quarterback with what Tom Brady's doing. But uh, still, he's he's significantly older than a lot of these guys we have around him. Well, do you team. feel comfortable saying got young guys who haven't proved it yet, like Justin Fields, Trey Lance? Like, they're obviously not tier one guys now, but like how much, like if they start now, the rest of the season, how much would they need to show you to be in that tier one, or do you think the conversation with them being a tier one guy could potentially just start next year? Yeah, I think it's more next year. I mean, I, I'm i always in win-now mode, so like I would rather build around a guy like Stafford. Uh, and and quarterbacks are so dicey, man. Like, you got to prove it. Like, we've seen guys come in and play well for stretches, right? We've seen yeah. Matt Flynn, right? And um, – I don't know, just a lot of random quarterbacks that play well for stretches, but you have to be special to sustain that excellence. And so for me, these rookies, yeah, I definitely need to see more than just, you know, a partial, a quarter or half a season or whatever. And I think right now, even the ones that we have seen, I think have looked like they're pretty far away from tier one. Well, except one, and I'm going to ask you, because I know he is not fantasy sexy, but if you have Mac Jones on your dynasty team, can you build around him for the next ten years? Because he's not going anywhere. No. He's good. <laughs> like you, could you build around him as your QB two? Yes, would love that. Do you think there's ever a chance where he gets so good slicing and dicing that he becomes, you know, what Tom Brady was for fantasy purposes? Yeah, QB one. I think so. Um, but even what he's doing right now, I mean, he's well. I guess he's affected by his last. He's averaging thirteen points per game. Obviously, that's affected yeah. by the half point. And <laughs> people are going to hold that against him, you know, for a long time. Oh, if he do passes, but like, I think everybody kind of knew coming in. Well, I mean, it's like we talked about last time, right? Like, I love. I've been talking up Kirk Cousins since preseason. And we talked about Mac Jones basically being a Kirk Cousins without some of those dumb mistakes. And I think that's that's exactly what you want from your QB2. Like, you want a guy that you just feel pretty safe with. And, like, there's not going to be a ton of variance. He might not have many of those blow-up weeks, but you feel comfortable that he's not going to put you in a hole or that you're not going to have to – be finding a replacement for a number of weeks or, or whatever. Like you want that kind of safety net at QB two, I think. So I think he's kind of the perfect guy there, but I don't think. So he's I like in the tier one of the QB twos. Yes. Yeah. He's like, exactly. he's, he's a great piece. Yep. And there's a chance that he becomes like a build around piece because he's not going anywhere. He's very intelligent He's very good at football, and, I mean, it's clear that he's going to be part of the, the – overnight he has rewoken the dynasty. That's what's happened. Um, yeah. Obviously, him and Bill are a great combination. The defense, obviously, is well coached. Um, people roasted Bill for who he gave the money to, but it seems to work like – it seems like it's working out. Um, I think you have to be I don't know how to say I think he deserves to be close to the tier one tier, but not in it. But I think he should be kind of in the conversation because, like, you know, like, it's hard to say you have Mac Jones in tier two, knowing you're going to have him in New England for the next 10 years, when I don't think there's another quarterback in tier two that could be on their team in 10 years. Yeah. But it's hard to say, like, if you put him in tier one, then you're basically saying like, oh yeah, I'd rather have Mac Jones over, and then like t- 
you know, all of these guys like Matt Stafford, Jalen Hurts in Dynasty, and that's not true. Like, I think that's part of the conversation tiers bring up. Yeah, and I think Dak is the one for me that is uh, kind of that on the edge of tier two, tier one for me, more so than anybody like Mac Jones or uh, – do you think he'll be in Dallas for the 10 full years, like hypothetically? No, not 10 more, but I mean, probably, I mean, I think you can count on, I don't, what did, what did he sign? Was it six year? I, mean, I think confidently you can say he'll be there for like five more. Um, yeah. They may cut it. Like if it doesn't work out or, you know, he falls apart, you know, he could, Balance him after the fourth or fifth year, but I don't expect that to happen. But you know, guys like that, like I just struggle to put in tier one, like, and that's where I was more hung up on Mac is like knowing he's not going anywhere and could become TB 2.0 and stuff. So but. I will say, I would build around like two Mac Jones types, like Cousins and Mac, because. I usually fade quarterback a little bit and try to beef up my roster elsewhere and just have a few like steady guys there. That's why I end up with guys like Kirk Cousins and Derek Carr and, and those type of guys. So I would happily do that with Mac Jones. I just don't think he's ever going to be an elite op- fantasy option there. But he he could, you know. I'm not. Uh, yeah, he could. I mean, it's it's probably doubtful, especially with how well they run the ball and play defense. But yeah. he's gonna have good weeks. He'll be there for ten years, um, and he'll probably always finish in that high end QB two range, just because he's consistent. Um, if you have Mac Jones, I'm not saying to not build around him, but if you have him, don't move him. Like unless you're getting somebody similar, right. Yeah, that's a good way to put it. I agree with that. Um, would you take him over Russell Wilson at this point? No, I'd take Russ. Um, I just think Russ is – I think Russ is Russ. You know, I – Yeah. I I guess I'll go down with the Hall of Famer in his prime and see sure. what happens. Yeah, it'll be interesting, too, if, if he changes teams, if, you know, that kind of – My biggest worry is DK Metcalf's value. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I. I mean, I guess I got in my home league again. If if Russ leaves Seattle, I don't know who's throwing him the ball. See, I'd be more. I I think the talent will shine through. I think I'm more worried. And this is a guy I don't own. I've never been a huge huge fan of. But Tyler Lockett is somebody that you you got to be trying hard to get off of because I feel like his value is definitely tied to Russ. That and his value is already sinking this year. He's he's starting to have a few decent games, but he has not been good this year. Right. Um, All right. Any last quarterbacks you want to – how high do you have Tua? I'm curious about Tua. Um, Man, Tua is so interesting. Yeah. Um, Because I think over the past month and a half, like, he's answered a lot of questions. But – is he still going to get the Deshaun Watson monkey off of his back? Like, I just, I don't know. I, dude, I don't know. He could be there 10 years or 10 minutes. But I sort of hope for his sake almost that he. That he work, stays. No, yeah. even that he goes, like it oh. starts somewhere else, like in a just a different system. Like let Miami take Deshaun, deal with. Brian Flores and the, you know. The He's got to be feeling good, though. And I say that because they've won five straight, and he's had a really good month on the field. I mean. Yeah. I, he's a guy I'm definitely interested in in acquiring for Dynasty, for like a QB2 spot. Are you, what are you doing with Baker Mayfield? I don't believe in the talent, the work ethic, or anything about Baker Mayfield. I'm, I know I'm biased. Um yeah, and I I liked him coming out, but I never thought he was a special player. Like, I never thought he had any special traits. Um, I'm kind of panicking with him. Like, I... I just don't see them... Like, if they finish, like, middle of the road this year... He's gone. Who's to say, you know, Kenny Pickett at 21 overall isn't a bad option? 
Right. Like, and no, really, if if Baker and Kenny is on, Pickett isn't an arrogant little prick who misses half of his throws and blames everybody else. Right. And then at that point, I mean, is Baker like who really wants to go out and is in a hurry to get Baker? I mean, he's got his fifth year option, right? Which comes with a hefty price tag. So and then I don't think there's a long line of people lining up to go get Baker Mayfield. I don't either. But he's too good to be a backup. But I think the problem with him is he's going to – if he's not starting, I don't think he's in the league very long. And I say that because his personality is so Cam Newton-like that, or Tim Tebow-like that if he's a backup, like he's kind of just like – you know, Tebow mania was a distraction. Um, Minshew mania can be a distraction. Um, I just think like – Mayfield may not – I don't see him being content with being a backup and then not having, like, fans behind him. I, I don't know. Yeah, I mean, that makes sense. I could I could see that. That's an interesting thought. I hadn't, hadn't thought of it like that, but that's – I think, to me, he's kind of – there's a strong chance he ends up as a bridge quarterback for teams, right? I could see him playing yeah. for, for like five teddy. teams. Yeah, turning into like a Teddy that just somebody will trade for him and kind of hope they can get the most out of him and hopefully they can find a better, younger option and then they move on and and that's just kind of his cycle for a few years. But uh, yeah, in terms of fantasy, I mean, I'm, I'm pretty much out on him. I don't know what his value is. Uh, can't be, you know, I can't imagine many guys are, are jumping to get him even in, you know, two quarterback league. But I'm definitely trying to sell sell him as part of a package if you can. Right, um, like on your way to upgrading the quarterback. Exactly, or- which actually I did that. I, I traded uh, – I don't remember the entirety of the trade, but I upgraded to Tannehill, which I was really happy. You know, just even Tannehill who's having kind of a down year. But you got to think in the future getting – Julio, AJ Brown back. I mean, I would rather have Tannehill than Baker. I don't. Would you? Yeah. Yeah. Um, I just. I don't know. It's hard to see. Like, I think part of Baker's problem is he throws such an awkward ball sometimes. Like his release is so like awkward from behind. I don't know. Like he doesn't have like a great arc ball. Like, and I feel like he, like he has to put a lot behind his throws. Like he doesn't have a lot of natural arm strength. I always feel like he's trying to throw it really hard. And then you see guys like, and you see OBJ go right out to LA with Matt Stafford, and it works. Right. Yeah, I don't know. It tells you a lot. I think so. I definitely think Cleveland will be. There, I, I think around. they have to be. Eyeing the market with an understanding that they're probably stuck with him one more year. Yeah. Um, just because, you know, the fifth year option. Um, take that and, you know, roll with it, I guess. But I don't know. I guess yeah. the thing is, like, not being there anymore, you don't know. Yeah. That's fair. You have a unique perspective, but that was, uh, that was, a, you gave us some good tidbits there. But let's move on to some upcoming free agents and the reason i want to talk about some of these guys is because you see it all the time right a guy enters free agency switches teams gets paid gets into a you know better or worse you know surroundings and their value changes dramatically so i'm always you know maybe your trade deadline has passed maybe you don't a lot of dynasty leagues don't have a trade deadline but Usually around the trade deadline, I'm definitely looking at free agents. And like an example, David Njoku, I own him like pretty much everywhere because I think he's a guy that could switch teams and see, see his value dramatically increase. But let's um, – I'm just going to list these running backs I have. We'll just go position by position. I'll list these running backs, and you can tell me if anybody stands out and just kind of generally who you could see uh, jumping in value. The, the kind of top guys are Melvin Gordon, Leonard Fournette, Cordero Patterson, Ronald Jones, James Conner, J.D. McKissick, and Chase Edmonds. Anybody stand out in that group? Uh, changing teams could ha- could see their value change dramatically. 
Um, I think the only person who could change teams and their value would go up would be Rojo. Um, I don't know if Melvin Gordon gets a starting role. Leonard Fournette, I part of me thinks he resigns like a cheap deal and stays there. Um, part of me thinks, you know, they just reboot in the first round, second round. I don't know what they're going to do. Um, he's very interesting because they could bring him back and have him be a workhorse again for a few more years, or they could boot him to the curb. I don't know. Um, I do play Warzone with him every now and then, and I thought about asking, but I don't want to step on his toes. Like, you know, I just try to play Warzone. Right. Um, let, the guy, let the guy enjoy his gaming. <laughs> yeah. Well, see, like, I remember, like, when I, like, I don't even know how he initially started playing. Like, it was on accident, and I post on Twitter, and then, like, every now and then, like, if he, if I'm on, he's got a free spot, he'll send me an invite. So, um, but I don't play very often, so it is what it is. But, um, Cordell Patterson, I don't think, I, dude, he is so interesting. I don't know. I feel um, like there's no like- way that they break that up because they figured out how to use him. He figured out like the best spot for him. I just feel like there's no way they don't sign him to like a two year extension or something. But it'll, he'll have to have some sort of drop in value. And I say that because sure. he's playing at his peak right now because there's a guy um, who happens to be really good at catching footballs um, who is taking a mental break probably for the rest of the year. Um, and Calvin Ridley. Um, when he comes back, obviously he's going to be the target hog like he was um, even before he left, which is only going to ding everybody else. Cordell Patterson's worst games were with Calvin Ridley on the field, and that makes sense. Um, coincidentally, Kyle Pitts' best games were with C- Calvin Ridley on the field. Um, Calvin Ridley opens a lot of things up for that offense. Um, unfortunately, he takes away from Cordell. Um I just feel like I don't know what to make of him, dynasty terms. He's 30 years old. He'll be 31. Um, I don't know, man. I really don't know what to do with Cordell Patterson long term. Yeah, I th- I think I, at, I'd i be buying for the right price, but I'm not paying like a premium to get him by any means. Well, I own him at one league. I, I acquired him. Um, in our scouts league, actually, I got him from Phil, and I want to say I gave up two seconds. And I'm a contender, so, uh, you know, I, I don't. Yeah, think I, in my that. home league, my Phil wanted two seconds, and I wouldn't pay that. Um, and then he eventually just sold Patterson and a third for Juju, so. Uh, we'll see on that. Like he's a rebuilding team. He didn't want Patterson. He was trying to move him. Um, and Ryan and I, like he wanted Ryan and I to get a big bidding war and I wasn't going to pay what he wanted. So he just shipped him off. Oh, um, wait. You're not going to like this, but I paid Rojo and a second. And in theory, it should be a late second. It's my second. So the, the big question is obviously like right now, like that's a great move for you. But in three months, if Ronald Jones signs a deal to be the starting running back in, I don't know who needs a running back next year. Like the Buffalo, Miami, yeah, Buffalo, Buffalo, Miami. You might be like, oh shit, for sure. And I, I knew that, and I told Phil. I think Phil wanted a first, and I was like, look, this is basically two seconds, and Rojo could increase in value big time, and you could totally win this deal, which is true. So, oh, to be, I guess to be clear, I'm talking about a different Phil than your Phil. Right, right, yeah. yeah. Clarify that, I, yeah. But I, um, I'm <laughs> with you on Rojo. In, Potentially, he's the only one that could probably change teams and truly increase. Maybe Melvin. I mean, I could see where maybe Melvin goes to Buffalo or Miami or or those teams. Or Tampa Bay if Leonard – like Leonard could get like a three-year deal somewhere and decide to take the money, take the bag, and maybe Melvin goes to Tampa for – It's possible. I still think if if I had to bet on it, I kind of feel like Melvin Gordon stays at least a one-year contract, cheap, cheap deal. That's just my gut feeling. I could be wrong. Um, I don't know. But let's move over to the wide receivers. Um, okay. I was. I'm going to list them off, and there's. I'm going to just tell you like when I'm not interested, and it's outside of OBJ, there's not a whole lot um, outside of the top guys, I guess. Devonte Adams, Chris Godden, 
um, Allen Robinson, Mike Williams, AB, Juju, Will Fuller, Crowder, OBJ, Chark, Gallup. Um, I don't think Devontae goes anywhere. I think the Packers will take care of him. Um, I don't know if Aaron returns. That's the big question. But I think the Packers, I don't think they let Devontae Adams walk. Um, I would also be really surprised if the Buccaneers let Chris Godwin walk. That one, I feel pretty confident saying he's not going anywhere, but you never know. Um, Al Robinson will not be in Chicago next year. Um, where would you like him to go? I mean, maybe I mean, LA to replace Mike Williams. Yeah, that would be, that great. would be amazing. I'd be That'd happy be about that. But Mike Williams is so unique that there's not really a way to replace him, but I mean, Kansas city is always the other one that's, that's tossed around. I don't know. I mean, I think he'd be a decent fit there because he's different than what they have. Um, in terms Philadelphia, of maybe. Philadelphia. Um, um, Indianapolis, you know, could be the it number. Depends. Like, I, for, it would depend on the money. I don't know because, like, the Colts are so, you know, lucrative and sure not wanting to spend. Um, I – I don't know if Allen Robinson signs a contract that makes him a number one. I don't think so either. I think somewhere that he's like the number two, like high, you know, high number two. I think also he has been the most unlucky receiver. You think about when he was coming out of this contract last time he tore his ACL. And this time he has his worst career ever simply because the quarterback play is so incapable. Um, and now he's going to become a free agent again. Right. I don't know what to make of him. I think Washington could could be a fit, but of course, they don't really have a, a stable. You know, they're not stabilized at the quarterback position, at least not right now. But yeah, it's um, interesting. Right, um, Mike. I don't know. Um, I don't see anywhere he goes that increases his value, and I kind of feel like if he leaves. It'll be like a Corey Davis situation, where the exact same thing. Yeah, I, I if he I if he leaves L.A., I'm out. I I love Mike Williams. I think he's hilarious. You know, he's fun to watch on Hard Knocks and stuff, and he's great at what he does is the contested balls. But but depending on where he goes, there's very 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 few spots I can think of that I would improve his ratings or Agreed. rankings. Agreed. Um, Agreed. A B, uh, I, I'm not touching. Good luck. Um, are you any interest in AB? No. Yeah. No. You know, I almost like in my main league, I almost traded a late third form right when they said he was going to come back. And I was like, mm, you know, hold on, man. I'll wait a week. I, know I got a bad gut feeling about this. And then it turned out he's going to be out a couple more weeks. And then it turns out that the whole fake, fake card thing. So, um, I'm not really interested in Will Fuller. Are you? No, and I, he was somebody that I, I never traded for him, but I was kind of buying into him towards, uh, you know, when he closed out his run in Houston. But at this point, no. I don't even know what's going on with his finger. It, I don't either, but he just can't get right ever. Um, Jamison Crowder would be very interesting in a very few select spots. Um. I don't know if OBJ returns. I think he does. I think he wants to. It depends on Robert Woods. Robert Woods is the big question mark here because Robert Woods is going to be 30 years old coming off a torn ACL. Yep. Um, that's tough. Like I, and, and from a team building standpoint, like, I mean, Robert Woods, we've talked about it, I think, on here. Robert Woods does it all, right? Like, he's a really yeah. good blocker. He's a great teammate. OBJ is kind of the counterpoint to him of, like, Always kind of had that selfish tag and and kind of he's, me first. He's had that tag, but um, I, I was reading an article today, or maybe it was like a tweet where it was like a, a picture of an article where Van Jefferson was talking about how he was struggling recently, and OBJ like was like basically took him on his under his wing and like been working with him and like trying to get his confidence back up. And then last week they went right back to Van Jefferson. He caught the ball went for a touchdown. And the first person he went over to on the sidelines was OBJ because OBJ was the reason he had the confidence to go back out there. Like, that's the stuff people aren't talking about. I, For sure. I don't know, man. I kind of want him to, you know, as a Rams fan. 
Um, but I wouldn't mind him, like, you know, in New England or... Yeah, somehow. New England would be, that'd be fun. It'd be very fun. Um, I don't really have any interest in DJ Chark. I didn't really like him before. Now he's coming off a major injury. Um, he's somebody that if I'm wrong on, I'll be fine being wrong on. Yeah, I generally agree, but he's somebody who I got... Oh, the only reason I got him was because he was part of a package where I got Antonio Gibson, which we talked about, right. um, kind of in a mini rebuild. But he's somebody that I may be looking to flip, um, you know, around training camp when all the reports come out about how healthy he is. And I think he's there's a decent shot. He just signs like a one year prove it deal in Jacksonville. But um, yeah, otherwise, I mean, I'm, I'm mostly with you, but I think he's a guy that his value, you know, if you just can prime away from a, a contender for cheap and then, you know, move him at the height of his hype uh, next year, that could be an option. Um, the two that I saved for last, because I think they're the most interesting, would be Juju and Michael Gallup. I think Michael Gallup will be the cream of the crop of this free agency class. Um, with the assumption of, you know, I assume Devontae and Chris Godwin aren't going anywhere. I, that's what I'm talking about here, folks. So calm down. <laughs> <laughs> Great uh, clarification. I mean, be very clear. I don't think yeah. Michael Gallup is better than Devontae Adams or Chris Godwin. Just throwing that out there. Um, who's getting him? Is he leaving? Is Jerry going to pay his guy? I think he'll end up leaving. And he's a guy I acquired a lot of uh, this season, knowing that he's going to be a free agent and just thinking he's undervalued in general. But I don't – I mean – Chicago, I wouldn't be surprised if they go after him to replace Allen Robinson. Yeah. Um, I think that's a very real possibility. Um, the Jets, it doesn't seem like the Corey Davis signing is going to work out, obviously. I mean, I don't think anybody was really surprised about that. Um, there's Indianapolis, a, I mean, Houston, but – you know, KC. well, it, it doesn't really matter in Houston until we find out who's going to be throwing the ball. I mean, it's right. going to be somebody. Um, what about is Michael Thomas going to be back in New Orleans? Could they be in the market for somebody like Gallup? Either way, I think I I just feel like Michael Thomas isn't going anywhere. I think the Saints finish the year like middle of the pack, and they'll draft somebody like Kenny Pickett or. Matt Corral or somebody, and that's going to be their guy. And they'll just roll with him, and I think Michael Thomas will be fine. I think people are – it's always uh, – yes, I think Michael Thomas stays. I think he's the wide receiver one. I think it's clear that they don't have anybody outside of him at wide receiver, and they need to do something, maybe bring in Gallup as a compliment. But I don't think Michael Thomas leaves. I think this year has given Michael Thomas a lot of leverage – um, because they have no wide receivers on the outside who can play football at the National Football League consistently and be a problem. So Michael Thomas isn't stupid. He sees that. Yeah, right. he kicked me out of town, Coach. Who the hell is going to catch the football? Yeah, big win for him this season. That's, That's why I think, you know, I traded, you know, I traded, you know, and maybe I could have got a little bit more, but I traded MT for OBJ straight up um, right when OBJ was a free agent in my main league. And I say that because I had Michael Thomas for two years and I was expecting him to come back for the playoff run. And that's when he was announced out. And, you know, I just, I felt like I needed a fresh breath there, you know, like with Michael Thomas, like I had him for two years, right. I him three times. And then, you know, then he was, I really went to bed, woke up and he was like announced out for the season. Same thing with CMC last week. So maybe I should stop taking naps during the day, but <laughs> That's um, the problem. We found, I think, we found I, I, my point is I got so frustrated with MT that I moved him. I, I'm still happy with the return. Like it's OBJ. I think OBJ is still one of the best wide receivers in the league. And he's been all right for fantasy. I'm still learning the playbook. Um, I don't think MT's in any danger of going anywhere. I think Sean Payton's really frustrated this year, you know, with the whole foot thing. But I think Sean Payton's a very intelligent coach and understands that Michael Thomas is one of the best in the league and you need him. Right. What about Juju, the other guy you mentioned? Does he find his way to Kansas City finally, or where? Because he's 
pretty much a lock. He's not going to be back in Pittsburgh, right? Yeah, and he, he didn't do himself any himself any favors. Um, man, I couldn't get that out. Himself any favors? <laughs> that was, I tried twice. I he know. Didn't that, do that himself part you, any you favors. <laughs> yeah. Um, this year, you know, the broken collarbone. He was playing bad before he got hurt. Um, I don't know. I, Kansas City, New Orleans. Um, I he's going to be paid as a two. He's a two. Um, I think he's very situational dependent. Um, he could even find his way out to L.A. Maybe go back home and play with Justin Herbert, replace Michael Thomas or Michael Williams. Um, I know he loves L.A. Um, I wouldn't be surprised if they call Colin. He would go out there. Um, he's from L.A. Or he went to school in L.A., obviously being a Hawaiian kid. Um, I don't know. I Him and Michael Gallup will be very interesting to monitor this season because you don't really have any sort of clue on where they could go or if their value could – how far their value could go up. You know who could be a dark horse that we didn't mention for one of these guys as a wide receiver too, especially um, – well, yeah, actually I think Gallup would be a good fit, but Juju probably would be, and that's Buffalo. What Maybe um, Mike Gabriel Davis is over the past month is starting to show. And maybe he can be the two. Um, he's not somebody I necessarily believe in, but um, people in Buffalo seem to be excited about his development over the past month. So take that for what that's worth. I don't know. I feel like Buffalo better be interested in another skilled position on the team, yeah. not wide receiver. That's true. Um, all right, running thin on time. What about tight end? David Njoku is the one that stands out to me. He's a guy who I loved as a prospect, so he's a guy I've, I've have him in, in, I think, nearly every league in hopes that he lands in a pass-first offense as a tight end one, and we know it takes tight ends a while sometimes. I think he's a guy that you could see uh, start to really get. And he's he's been playing well this year when, you know, when he's been on the field and given opportunities, but – um, what do you think about him or any of these other free agent tight ends? Um, I don't think Zach Gertz any go, goes anywhere. And I say that because Arizona traded for him. He's kind of got a lot of leverage against him. Um, and it's not like they didn't give up nothing for him. They gave up a corner they liked in a sixth-round pick. So True. he kind of returns to Arizona. Um, I think Mike Gusecki stays. I don't think Rob Gronkowski ever plays again in the Tom NFL without Tom Brady, so yeah. he'll either retire or re-sign. Um, O.J. Howard, I don't know. I'm not really interested. But, yeah, with you and Joku, that's the most intriguing one. That's the most exciting one. Um, it depends on where he goes um, and how they use him, like, where could he realistically go that you think he he would have the opportunity to catch like 65 to 70 balls a year? Indianapolis, uh, maybe. Oh, yeah, I guess that's true. That's a good point. Um, Indy, he's from South Florida, so maybe Miami, if they move off of Gusecki, they may go get Njoku. Yeah. Um, Chargers. Even I mean, Tampa. They gotta, yeah, yeah, Chargers. Um Although I think the Chargers like Parham just enough to maybe yeah. – I don't know. I know that Jared Cook has been great. But, yeah, I mean, there's there's always limited uh, options for tight ends, but uh, – I think the worst thing to have happen is him stay in Cleveland, though. I agree. I agree, which I could see them – if they could find a way to get out of – you know, Hooper, if they could move Hooper and then pay Njoku to come back with Bryant, I could definitely see them doing that, but that would not be ideal for his his fantasy value. Even if Hooper was gone, I, you know, still yeah. not a great spot. Um, um, you know, I don't know about, Evan, like, Evan Ingram, I, I don't know. like, And then the rest of these old guys, you know, I, I'm not going to waste my time talking about Jimmy Graham or Jared Cook. Right. I think Hayden Hurst is the only other one that could be could find himself in like a decent role, but even then, like he's nothing more than a 
Yeah, uh, and same with like CJ Uzama. Like Gerald Everett's the only other interesting one. He's been fine, but he had two fumbles last week that almost cost him the game twice. So he may not be in good graces right now. But, I agree. I think Njoku is the only one that I would classify as like a, a buy that you should be trying to get. Yeah, I, to go up. unless you're competing and you want Zach Ertz. Right. But he's not worth right. probably what they're going to want. Like, if they want anything more than a second, just I'm, I would just walk away. Yep. All Agreed right. with that. Um, all right. That was, uh, that was a good show. I'm just glad we got to talk Javante Williams and, and, yeah, hit the hit the people with a dose of reality. Um, hit the dose of reality. <laughs> yeah, but uh, yeah, like I said, um, take a look at the upcoming free agents, and if you can get some of these guys on the cheap that could be switching teams or see their value go up, now is a good time to do it. So, uh, if your deadline hasn't passed or if you don't have one, check that out. Also, check us out on ffballallday.com. Head on over to patreon.com backslash fantasy scouts, bringing tons of great content every day to hit you with, uh, you know, just what you need for the playoff run here, kind of getting down to the wire and, and trying to make a playoff run. Nothing better than getting some fantasy scouts content. And uh, we'll be back next week on the Fantasy Scouts podcast where we bring you inside info you won't get anywhere else.